Lots to talk about on this on this Wednesday here in the Locked On NFL podcast. Lots of teams on the fringe to making the playoffs. Who's the best surprise playoff team? Who should be the next Panthers head coach? And Jonathan Taylor being done in Indianapolis. What does that mean? It's going to be a lot to talk about here. It's Chris Carter, James Rapine on the Locked On NFL podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcasts. We're your hosts, Chris Carter and James Rapine. And as always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes with all the different hosts we bring throughout the week. We are also today, today's episode is also sponsored by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy and the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. James, we got to talk about the, about both these playoff pictures right now to start. We'll get into some of the newsier things here, but there is a very muddled playoff picture on both sides here. A lot of teams kind of duking it out to see who who's going to be able to slip in right now. Three teams tied at eight and three. Four teams have three losses in the AFC, but right behind them, you got two seven and four teams at the Steelers and the Browns, the Colts, Texans and Broncos and the Bills all have six wins right now. So they're 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 going at it. The NFC is a little different after Dallas, who has eight, who's eight and three. The wild card race then gets a little crazier with Seattle at six and five. The the Vikings at six and six, the uh, the Packers, the Rams and the Saints all at five and six. I look at those teams and it makes me wonder who is the team that you're most scared of right now? If you're looking at teams in, on, on the fringe of making the playoffs. I'm yeah, on the fringe is a good way to describe it because with the ties in the AFC, I'm going to include this team, the Denver Broncos. Mm. And I can't believe, I can't believe I'm saying this. I can't I hear you. Because those that listen on Wednesdays regularly know I was so far out on Russell Wilson that I was selling <laughs> penny stocks to try to unload that contract. I would have gotten rid of it so fast. He looked like a shot fighter that was shot three years ago and continued Jeez. fighting. It was rough. It was awful. But I look at what they've done. Young team, solid defense. They have a running back they can rely on who keeps getting better and better, it feels like, in Javante Williams. I like how their offensive line has come on. I like their their starting receivers, guys that can make plays. And they have a Super Bowl coach, a coach that's been there, a veteran head coach that clearly whatever he's doing in Sean Payton, it is working because we never saw this type of Denver team last season with Russell Wilson. And they look more like the team from a couple of years ago when, and I, I covered the Bengals when they went to, to Denver a couple of years ago. And I was like, man, they're just a quarterback away. And this time, instead of Teddy Bridgewater with Russell Wilson, he's making just enough plays with his legs. He's throwing some jump balls to his receivers and letting them go make plays you can survive that way with a good defense and a good ground game in today's NFL. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but winners of five straight, I, I am buying the Denver Broncos. I think that they're going to make the playoffs. You can survive in today's NFL with a good run game and a good defense. 
You know what team that sounds a lot like, James? Oh. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. But we're not going to talk about the Steelers. My, oh, I was about to hammer you. How about that, T? Well, hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. You got me. Uh, they're not the team. I st- I do think the Steelers are going to be a problem the rest of the season. They'll be a playoff team, maybe even an AFC North division winner. But the team that's on the fringe right now that I think everyone needs to be looking very hard at is the Houston Texans. Sure, they're six and five. Sure, they have a rookie quarterback, but that rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud, is a problem. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I think that D'Amico Ryan's messed up in this last game when he when he opted for that le- for that late field goal. I was sitting there thinking, man, I'd be letting my quarterback sling this fourth down pass get a little bit closer. I'd trust him over hitting that over your your kicker hitting the crossbar there. I think the Houston Texans are a big are, are a really big problem. It's funny that we both say those teams because guess who play each other this week? The the Broncos at the Texans. That could be a a hugely underrated matchup by two teams vying for playoff position right now. I love it because it, it's it's one of those games where it could be the difference in in one playoff seating, of course. But who's for real and who's not? The Broncos have fought back from that seventy point drubbing to the Dolphins, and and oh, they boy. they look like they were sellers at the deadline. They didn't sell, and guess what? It's worked out. They're right back in the playoff mix. Meanwhile, you have this young upstart Houston team. They didn't have much expectations coming into the year. Not many people had them being six and five and and on the cusp of the playoffs. And so what happens here? Does the high-flying offense and Tank Dell, do they continue to fly high? Does this Broncos defense continue to do what they've done? I think it's a really interesting matchup. And and to the first-year coach that's inexperienced and, and, and doing a really, really good job versus the old savvy veteran head coach that's been there, done that, and is trying to do it again in a new city. So there's a, there's a lot of storylines. I think it's interesting. And the winner of this game, clearly I'm leaning Denver, the winner of this game has such an edge when it comes to playoff positioning. And I, I mm. think that that's, that's huge when you're talking about four weeks to go after this week. Absolutely. I mean, four, you know, five weeks ago, the Broncos were one in five. Everyone thought they were, I mean, we were all laughing at them. Everyone was clowning Sean Payton for what he said about Nathaniel Hackett and all this other stuff. Then they beat the Packers 19 to seven. Then the Chiefs 24 to nine. Then the Bills 24 to two. They edge out the Vikings 21 20. And sure, that went against the Vikings. You're thinking, like, man, you barely beat Josh Dobbs by a point, but it don't matter how you win in the NFL. All that matters is that you stack the wins. And they have now stacked five in a row after their 21 29 to 12 win over the Browns. If they beat the Texans, they're all of a sudden, they're seven and five with five games to go in the season. They still have to play the Chargers twice. They do have to play the Lions. That's not that that's that's not gonna be an easy game. But they get the Patriots and they end the game at the at the Raiders. I, I'm with you. Like that, that's a that's a schedule that if I'm the Bron- Broncos, I see opportunity there. But but equally, I see a similar path for the Texans. They mm-hmm. whereas they got the Broncos, I think that game could be a really great, great fit there. But they have the Jets the week after that. They have two games against the Titans after that a game against the Colts and they play the Browns in Houston. I I think that they these are two teams that are very similar and one could be the other force that pushes each other out of the playoffs or they could both sneak in if some of these other teams that are in the playoff race start to fall off the fall off the branches. I agree with you. I I agree. I think it's there is a path for both of them to get in. I could see that happening and, and it would be mighty mighty interesting if we saw the Denver Broncos and the Houston Texans both make the postseason in the AFC quickly in the NFC. I'm selling all of the Viking stock. I yeah. know there's still the seven seed. Yeah. I like Josh Dobbs a lot. I just, Great I think it's a lot. I mean, I know Justin Jefferson could come back after the buy all of those things, 
but I look at some of the teams on the cusp there and maybe the Packers. Yeah. I like, could, I could like the Packers make a push. Like you have this young quarterback and Jordan love that's starting to get it with Jaden Reed and, and those guys that these young weapons and that young arsenal that's starting to come together. I was really impressed with their win over Detroit and, and it's a good Detroit team. And I thought, all right, when's Detroit going to come back? When are they going to punch back? When are, and the Packers just held them down. So I think the Packers are my team in the NFC. Obviously, you could go with any of the NFC South teams uh, outside of the Panthers because of the division and how poor it is. But I think the Packers have a real shot here. Uh, it would be really interesting. The Packers play the Chiefs at home this this, this mm-hmm. week. That's yep. a big one. If they find a way to upset the Chiefs, all of a sudden they'll have won four out of their last five, very similar to the Broncos, flipping their season season around. They'd be six and six. And with the Vikings dealing with all what they're dealing with, with all the other battles that are going on in the NFC, they would have the Giants, the Buccaneers, the Panthers, the Vikings again, and the Bears again to just need to finish strong there to make the playoffs. I like the Packers' chances there. Also, by the way, if they do beat the Chiefs, and they, and they are, they have won four out of the last five. You know what that one, five, one team that they didn't beat was? It was the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> I'm going to keep getting James with these, baby. I watched them the other day. Okay. Brilliant offense, baby. 16 points. That's all you need in today's football. I've never seen I've never seen the celebration after 16 points. Man, this offense figured it out. Hey, I, I listen. 400 yards. Again, again and I've been ripping the Bengals defense for giving up 400 yards because listen. there's no way in hell they should have done that against those boys. But I'd like listen. When I'm, I, I, I do. I also cover Pitt for the University of Pittsburgh's athletics for the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Would the Steelers back. score twenty against Pittsburgh? Oh, I, oh, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> defense is not good that year. Um, but, uh, but, but, but I was like, and uh, if this was two years ago, I'd already asked that question. But it was just funny. I'm leaving. You know, we're wrapping up our presser with uh, Jeff Capel, the Pitt basketball head coach, and as he's leaving off, he's like, "You guys, you guys like those four hundred yards?" I sure did. It's like it's like everybody has been had their spirits lifted because the Steelers got 400 yards of offense for the first time since 2020. That's how bad it's been in Pittsburgh, ladies and gentlemen. That's why, like, when the Bengals are not the Bengals, uh, the uh, the Bears and the Vikings were duking out on Monday Night Football, and everyone like, "This is such bad football." I'm like, I don't know about you all. This is all I've watched for three years, so I'm right at home <laughs> with how bad it is. But we got to take a break to talk about the big story right now, and that's what's going on in Carolina with the coaching carousel that they're going through. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. But first, I want to remind you this show is brought to you by DoorDash. Why root for your favorite team on an empty stomach when DoorDash can help you save on football watch party favorites like pizza, wings, pop, burgers, or even just buns if you already have the burgers. But that's the great thing. DoorDash helps you get your favorite restaurant favorites and your favorite grocery store favorites. And right now, if you're like, if you're me, order some big, big shot Bob's wings whenever I'm at home. I get me some Frank White sauce right on the wings. Bing, bang, boom. Or you get some Permani sandwiches. James, next time you come to Pittsburgh, you better be getting some fries on your sandwich from Permani sandwiches, baby. That's the classic that everybody has to get while they're here. But you can get all of those 
on DoorDash. Right now, you can get 50% off to up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23, that's subject to change, terms and apply. And if you want even more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery free on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. Get prepared before game day. Stock up on all your favorite appetizers and order all your tailgate gear on DoorDash when you get ready to watch your team win. That's 50% off your uh, 50% up to $10 in value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, subject to change, terms and conditions apply. We're also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America and the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, and needing to guess which perfect lineup is going to win you every week, all you're simply doing is saying, hey, will these guys that I like get more or less than their stat projections. Just pick two to six players, and you can watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is the fun new daily fantasy game that everyone needs to start playing right now. And with basketball season here, you can pick combo projections across football and basketball with their specials league. This is a league created for those who like to watch all the sports. And for example, it works like this. If you like LeBron James and Travis Kelsey, you can pick a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus perceptions. If you say more or less and combine three-pointers and, and receptions made between LeBron James and Travis Kelsey, you could win all the money you want at Prize Picks. With Prize Picks, they have a reboot policy that would help your entry stay in place even if there's an injury for NFL and college football top 25 matchups. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half but doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. That makes Prize Picks the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Download the Prize Picks app today or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. The Panthers looking for their next head coach. The search starts now. Owner David Tepper said he would like to hire a coach for the next 20 to 30 years. Spoiler alert, that's not going to happen, Panthers fans. I apologize in advance, but that's not going to happen. What does he think? He he, he owns the Steelers? Come on now. (laughs) What? He, he used to oh, eat something. He was a minority owner there. That's the crazy part. You would think that he would learn stability and try to find the right hire. And, and I'm not saying he should have kept Frank Reich, by the way. I, I think that was kind of questionable, certainly in hindsight. That said, where do you think the Panthers should go from here? How desirable is this job? And and who should they target? Who would you target if you were David Tepper? I have a hard time. Here's my thing. I'm not sure who would want to take this job right now because I look at how many people, what what does he have, four coaches in the last five years? Something like that? Like, if I'm a head coach, or if I'm a guy looking for my first crack at a head coaching job, why would I go to the Panthers right now and when – you you knew when you brought when you brought him in and he had the, and he had this current situation. You knew what what an uphill battle had, was to be had. You knew what kind of a roster was being handed to him from Matt Rule, and you know how bad it was going to be. And now he's gone sixty one percent into his first year. Like, like people were saying it's one and done. No, it's point six one and done because he didn't even get the first year to do it. That's where I'm at right now. Is if I'm a, if I'm a young inspiring, like, everyone wants to find the new young innovative mind to promote and give the shot here, James. I, I know that there's probably some guys out there that deserve the shot. You know, Eric Bieniemy. Maybe that guy's. I think that this guy has deserved to look for years. I'd certainly try to give him an opportunity, especially with what's going on in Washington and and everything there. He's helped Sam Howell look look as be, as good as he can, uh, despite all the mess that goes on with the Commanders. But 
I, I'd be looking, I'd be looking around. If I'm one, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'm like, man, I, I might wait just a year or two before I try to make my 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 head coaching jump here because I'm not sure I want to be put with an organization that jumps off of guys as quickly as the Panthers do. Do you have a guy that you think would be perfect for that situation? Full disclosure, I stole this from Connor okay. or Sports Illustrated. It was one of his. It was on his list. Who? What? Who's the quarterback for the Panthers? Bryce Young. Oh, no, don't you dare. Who coached him in college? Nick Saban. Don't you dare. All right. Do you watch The Office? Uh, I've never finished the entire show, but I've watched several episodes. Okay, so Stanley. There's an episode in The Office where Stanley gets an offer from uh, the the other uh, Dunder Mifflin branch, and he's going to leave. And Michael's like, well, what what do you want? How, How can we get you to stay? And Stanley's like, money. (laughs) <laughs> money oh well stanley come on i love it money yep and he does it in his stanley voice money i know my impression stinks but he says money about 32 times how do you think you get nick saban to leave i know oh. he's 72 I, guess what it's money yeah well, what does david tepper have a lot of i mean a lot of where he can pay 52 coaches at the same time and still not care because he wants to get it right he's got money so if there was ever a time If there was ever a fit, if there was ever a situation where Nick Saban could go to the NFL, it would be where he could max out money-wise and literally get that max NBA-style deal, which David Tepper could give him. You have a quarterback that you probably believe in, in Bryce Young. He was your quarterback at Alabama. There are some good pieces. You need some weapons around him, but there are some good pieces on that defense. And if you're David Tepper, you're looking around the league and you see – what Sean Payton has done for the Broncos. And you say, who cares if I have to pay Nick Saban $25 million a year? I don't have to give up draft picks for him. I'll give him $25 million and it's done. And he's connected throughout the league. He'll have a heck of a staff and he would have a heck of a staff. Let's be honest here. And bing, bang, boom. There you go. So it may sound crazy to some. I think this is probably the last potential scenario where Saban could bolt, but man, money. I just keep hearing Stanley in in the back of my head, money, money. He could get paid and David Tepper could see the blueprint to why it would work bringing in a veteran, even though he hasn't won a Super Bowl. He he is one of the most well-respected coaches in football. And I, I think this isn't an Urban Meyer situation. I think Urban is much, much different than Nick Saban. Saban would be right away walking the door and be a really good coach. He would not be uh he would not be a guy that would be nearly as toxic as Urban Urban Meyer was. But here, here's my question about that is sure, money sounds great. Nick Saban no. makes about eleven point four million dollars a year, according to triple. Front Sports. Um triple triple that money, that might think but like if Nick Nick Saban, I bet you there is a part of him. He was a head coach in 2005 and 2006 of the Dolphins, went nine and seven, six and ten, and was out was out the door. There might be a part of him that says, you know what, I want to still prove that I can do it. But man, and, and honestly, I think what's also happened just talking to I cover college football, yep. talking to the talk about Alabama. Alabama's been Alabama for a very long time because of Nick Saban. But there's a lot of teams catching up in the in the NIL business and as far yep. as spending in the portal Alabama. and everything that's in it. Yep. And that could be a situation where, you know, Nick Saban says, you know what? I don't got too much longer before. I mean, Georgia's already overtaken Alabama. 
Like, like, like that, that's going to be the game this weekend where we see them duke it out. But Georgia's been the, the top dog for a few years now, and they've been the bad guys. They 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 drop all the money. Alabama has, has, has fallen back in that respect. So maybe this is the move for Nick Saban to say, hey, you know what? I want one last – everyone knows I'm a, I'm a legendary – you know, college football head coach, I will never be forgotten. Let me get paid big dollars. Just give one more crack at the NFL. I get the quarterback that I love. I really like this idea of yours, James. This could make a lot of sense for the Panthers. Granted, they, they, they could start off one and seven next year, and then he gets fired, and then we're just back to square one. <laughs> money. It doesn't money. <laughs> matter when you got money. You got that money, Nick. Yes. I, I hope it happens now. I've convinced myself. Uh, shout out to you Connor for me. the idea. And, and and I convinced Chris Carter. Hopefully I convinced you. Sound off on that. And uh, up next, one of those teams on the fringe of the playoffs would be in the playoffs today. The Indianapolis Colts, will they be able to make a run if they don't have their star running back? The latest on Jonathan Taylor. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. You want to try to find that Nick Saban for your small business. And LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. That's right, for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. They have a vast network of more than a billion, with a B, professionals, which might be what David Tepper has to pay Nick Saban. Let's be real here, which makes it the best place to hire with LinkedIn. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Don't waste your time. Time is money and you can find the right candidates for free with LinkedIn. They even have launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So, James, you teased Jonathan Taylor there, and we have him clearly on the Today's Show thing. But I'm going to make a, a, a quick – in. I'm going to make a hot route right here before we get to okay. Jonathan Taylor. Just saw the tweet that the Vikings have activated Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. from, the, from, from, in, from injured reserve. Quick thoughts there. The Vikings, same position as the Colts. They're they're, they're a team with a backup quarterback having to fight through things. Uh, they're on they're in the seventh seed of their conference here. Does Justin Jefferson coming back if he plays from here on out? Does that change any outlook for the Vikings' chances in, in your opinion right now? Yeah, it does. It, there's no doubt it does. You look at this Viking schedule. You have the Lions twice. Maybe you can split with them, but you have your next two games are winnable. And so that's why I know they're evaluating Josh Dobbs. Give Josh Dobbs one game with Justin Jefferson. Play the Raiders on December 10th. And get the playbook a little bit more. Have his top weapon. Then you play the Bengals on the road December 17th. That's a winnable game against Jake Browning, whoever it is, without Joe Burrow under center. And you also have the Packers and the Lions twice. So it's doable, but you got to take care of business these next two weeks. And I think they know that. At 6-6, six and six, you have to be 8-6 and six going into that final stretch where it's like, okay, can we sneak in with nine wins? Do we need to get to 10? Because if so, winning two out of three with two games against the Lions and one against the Packers, that's that's tough to do. They can do it, but having Justin Jefferson is, is a big part of that, and they are at home for that Packers game, so that's a, a big step too. But yeah, he's he's amazing. Getting him on the field will help Josh Dobbs. It'll help this offense. It'll help the team. 
Absolutely. All right. Now let's get to Jonathan Taylor. He's he's now now done. And now the, the Colts are looking to Zach Moss again. Now, here's the thing. Zach Moss was very good when he felt when he was filling in early part of the season. I believe he's still a top 10 running back in, in rushing yards right now, I believe. Um, if we if we, if we look at, at his production um, and what he was doing before he got hurt. And that's I mean, that I think that speaks to what he was able to do this season. Um, I think it's like yards per yards per game or something like that when he when he has started. He is uh, right now, 672 rushing yards, five touchdowns on 104 on 141 rushes. Um, I, I look at that and I think, man, Zach Moss can do some damage here. But I also think that some of that was, you know, some inspired play when teams weren't, weren't necessarily looking for him because their teams were so used to Jonathan Taylor. I do have a little bit of hesitation in thinking that Zach Moss can just come in and everything will be fine and the Colts will hang on to that seventh seed, especially when we're talking about some of the other teams right behind them, like the Broncos and the Texans. That I think that they're, the Vikings might be in a better situation simply because there are less teams in the NFC's fringe that I'm worried about compared to the AFC. I agree with that. Less competition standings-wise. And, man, it's a bummer because you look at this schedule – and yeah. they have the Titans. I think they can win without Jonathan Taylor against the Titans. The Bengals. I just mentioned how up in the air that is. And that's a quick trip. You could get some Colts fans in for that Cincinnati game on December 10th. Then you have the Steelers. I, I think you think that's a tougher game than I do, but it is a tough game defensively. We'd really like to have Jonathan Taylor. Falcons, mm-hmm. Raiders, Texans. All of those are winnable. I, I don't think any of them are like, oh, man, the Colts are definitely losing. But I feel much better when Jonathan Taylor is there. Yep. He was starting to ramp into form, had two touchdowns the other day. You don't have Anthony Anthony Richardson and in that. I know they've adjusted to that, and Gardner Minshew's been solid, but that's why you need those playmakers, and they don't have a ton of playmakers on offense anyway. So not having Taylor, I like Zach Moss a lot. I like him as the number two, getting 12 carries, not 30 carries or 25 carries, and that's what you should do around Gardner Minshew. You should run the ball a lot, get the ball to Jonathan Taylor. So – Hopefully, whatever the hand injury is, they can figure it out. We we don't have any full terms on it yet as we're recording here. So who knows? Maybe he can play through it somehow. I know there's a lot of fantasy footballers out there, including me, that would love mm-hmm. to see Jonathan Taylor out there over the next month. I mean, and plus pure talent wise, you just you like to see the best players in the NFL play. So it's no stuck that he has to deal with that. And, and you're right. I mean, this Colts team. You know, they've beaten some very beatable teams. The Panthers, you know, three weeks ago, the Patriots, uh, well, four weeks ago, the Patriots, you know, three weeks ago, they had a bye week last week, and then they played the Buccaneers this last, this past Sunday. So, like, they've had it pretty good, but they've won three in a row. And, and this is a chance for them to kind of build off of that. Like you said, they're at the Titans, they're, they're at the Bengals, then they come home to play the Steelers, they play the Falcons, the Texans, uh, the Falcons, the Raiders, and then the Texans. Like, yeah, that's, that's not a, that's not a, an unbeatable schedule there. I just think that when you have Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew is a fine number two backup quarterback to come in and and give yourselves a shot. But you need a lot of other things going right around him. And when you had Jonathan Taylor, you had that star running back that could attract all that attention and maybe get you some more of those one-on-ones. Because I really like Josh Downs. I really like Michael Pittman. I like some of the threats that they got there in that offense, especially when they can they can they cannot be the focus of the defense, you know, in in a week. But if Jonathan Taylor is out. I think that hurts their chances. Uh, and you're right. I think the Steelers are a tougher game for them than most people. But I also think the game is much more of a toss-up than uh, than than some of the other Steelers games that they have coming up here. So um, I think that there's there's a lot to be said there. But the Colts, I just think that with with this injury, with what they've dealt with so far, 
I think that they're in a really tough position to hang on here because, again, they're the seventh seed. They're six and five. Tiebreakers are what have them right now. They have the Texans right behind them, the Broncos right behind them, the Bills right behind them. Uh, with a half game behind them, I, I think that that is a tough. Those are that's a tough set of teams to hold off with a backup quarterback, and now without your superstar running back, there, no doubt. And that, that's why they, if they can get him on the field somehow, you have to do it because they could lose to the Titans too. I don't want to dismiss that. Like that, yep. that that's uh, it's not one of those games. It's a division rival where you could be shorthanded and just not have enough. And all of their weapons, you're right. I, I think. No one's going to mistake them for the most dangerous weaponry in the league. But they're good in their roles, and Taylor is the one. Michael Pittman is the 1A of the offense. Then you probably go to to Moss or you go to Downs or you you bounce around from there. Maybe it's Gardner Minshew's wheels. But the point is, is, is they had their roles, and it was starting to fit into place with and fall into place with Jonathan Taylor getting more spry and getting more and more comfortable after missing the first part of the season. And then now what? And I think that it's sustainable for a game or two. If you don't have him, if you don't have him for the rest of the way, I think it's going to be really tough to make the playoffs. And I know people think running backs don't matter. They do matter, especially in offenses that are run heavy. And the Colts certainly want to run the ball and establish that to keep defenses honest. I'm right with you that especially on the running backs don't matter thing. Look, you can say that running back shouldn't be drafted in the first round. Fine. That's fine. And, and, and I still think it maybe late in the first round is actually more acceptable, but running backs absolutely do matter, especially when you look at games and you see a Bijan matters. Yeah. You know? Bijan certainly he's, he's helping them right now. And he's certainly it's certainly making it making a difference. How many games has Joe Mixon mattered in the in the good years of, of the Cincinnati Bengals? There's times that he's come through in big in big moments. It helped it's one may not be the focal point of an offense, but they can still be a big asset to try to balance an offense uh and, and moving forward. And that's what Jonathan Taylor, he is the focal point of this offense and certainly a big talking point moving forward. With Jonathan Taylor being injured, Justin Jefferson coming back, who are the biggest NFL stars in the final stretch of the season as we get ready to play some December football here and shake things out? We'll keep on track with that all season long on the Locked On NFL podcast. Chris Carter, James Rapine, thanks so much for joining us for joining us here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Tune in tomorrow for another episode as we get you ready for Thursday Night Football.